You know what? This is actually episode 80 of Civil Tension. I am Peter Galt, host and creator of Civil Tension. Together with me today is co-host John Kwasi and co-host Ken Nicholson and co-host Don Stevens and co-host and Mick Kucharski. All righty. And I thought today that we can we can take this conversation anywhere you want to take it. But we know that. You know, of course, what's yeah, permission is one of the things that's been on on my mind is even though I'm not big into sports, so I can't tell you how not big into it I am. Well, I can't because, um, yeah, we're going to rub your hands together, Don. We're going to talk sports, but I'm going to let you talk sports. But what it is, is, um, <laughs> yeah, race cars, Don. <laughs> it is a sport. Yeah, it is a sport. Doesn't have a ball. They're making a left turn. But... Uh, that's only the NASCAR guy. Yeah, that's only the NASCAR guy. But it's really what, what's been on my mind is sportsmanship. Ah. A little bit of class, a little bit of dignity that mm. goes along with, with our sports oh, that we observe. That, huh? And, you know, because, you know, again, and this is, we're going to blame this on John. Thank Good. you. He had shot me a note. And I'm, I'm cracking my eyes back to his nose. I really had no idea what he was talking about. But the uh, young lady who is, the, uh, as I have learned, is the captain of the w- the women's the soccer, soccer team. Rapino. The, yeah. the national, the U.S. women's soccer team. Correct. Correct. Yeah. World and, Cup. Played every four years. It's the biggest sporting event in, in history. The Pro- in the world. Probably m- maybe second to the Tour de France. But, I mean, it's like... And 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 my only knowledge, women's World Cup is not like the men's. No, 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 no. no. But you know, and and, but then her saying, "Well, you know, being as rude as she could possibly be, Mm -hmm. very undignified, very uncouth." Uh, in uh, she wasn't alone. Preemptively declining what hadn't even been offered yet was that it would be an invitation to the White House should they win, which is of course tradition within our country for our country's leaders to observe people who represent our country right. on a national platform. Right. Uh, simple sportsmanship, and that can apply across the board. Uh, carrying yourself with a modicum of dignity. Uh, Showing that you are worthy of respect in the position that you hold, and being you know invited to or doing whatever as a representative of the United States. Now I didn't even know this was a thing. My knowledge of soccer was a ball that we kicked around when we were kids, and that I knew some people who had kids in soccer. That was it. I didn't know. As a matter of fact, when I said World Cup, you said, wow, I didn't know cupping was a sport. And, yeah. all, of a sudden, <laughs> and, all, and all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. What are you talking about, dude? Either he's messing with me or he really <laughs> he <just> has <laughs> no clue. And I didn't want to be rude and say, what are you kidding? But <laughs> but that's kind of where I went. And it yeah. turns out you didn't know anything I had no about idea what you were talking about. You did about. not know that the World Cup was going on? I didn't even a, know World Cup was a thing. Wow. I you are literally. I'm like. I didn't know I cupping was a sport. But you don't even have to be sports fan to know that that was going on. Not, you follow this news is, and stuff. This is going to turn into I don't being look all at, about you. Yeah, this is going to be a therapy session. This is what the hell is wrong with me now? I, I love this subject because I played semi-pro soccer. Yeah. Wow. And and uh, and I also helped start AYSO in Illinois. What's that? Back A-Y-S-O. in '76, uh, American Youth Soccer Organization. Okay. okay. Which we used to literally have to go pick the kids up, bring them to the field, help learn mm-hmm. how to kick a ball around the first year, and then the second year got big enough we could actually play a game. Wow. And now there's tens of thousands of kids oh, yeah. in this. And I mean it's huge. And and I you saw with it huge. ran several divisions. But uh, I did not ladies, even know this was a thing. They, they 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 were the perception is is that they were extremely arrogant mm-hmm. and they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of the comments and the words, even even when you hear after the fact, um, there was something on Facebook the other day with one of the gals that was basically swearing and Mm-hmm. Saying all kinds of rude comments. Now this morning on the news was one of the girls uh, on the team's uh, hotel room was robbed. Oh, really? Well, she wasn't there or something. But they're not getting, you know, they're getting a huge reception from the female world. And I get that. It's a great accomplishment. It is a great accomplishment. It's a wonderful accomplishment. But the, they're fighting so hard to say, well, we're equal. We should be paid equal. We should have equal benefits. We should have equal facilities and all these things. And it's like, well, you're not there yet. You know, you're building, and that's how it works, um, to earn it, 
you know, and, and but the arrogance has been so, so high that you know the first game they played they won thirteen to nothing. Right. Celebrate! You them. don't do that in international play. You don't run up right. the numbers like that. No, or one, do the, the mass celebrations on the twelfth goal. And the gal, one gal scored five goals in the game. It's like you you put in all your seconds, and they did. They put a lot of them in and it, late, but very late. And uh, but they're, they're just they've done a lot of things that in international play we've shown a great deal of ignorance at at and how you act. Can can I submit that this is perhaps and I know this is off topic, but that this is why perhaps the rest of the world uses the phrase "ugly American." Yeah, this is yes, it. This is an not, example. This is not appropriate, and it's the matter of not conducting oneself with class and dignity. I, exactly. And that is absolutely exactly. it. That's called sportsmanship. It's called class. It's called holding oneself up in a way that you would want to be admired for the things that you do and say and, and how you go. President Trump wasn't inviting or does not invite people to the White House, and no president in the past has ever invited someone to the White House because of the person they're inviting. Mm-hmm. They invite the individuals and the teams based on the position and the role that they hold and the thing that they have accomplished and done in their lives. And, for example, if you are the NBA championship team and you have won the whole thing, which, you know, the Toronto Raptors, I believe, Mm -hmm. okay, I know that's a thing, Bill, really, it is. And so that that is correct. Right. Right. So if you, so if that is a thing and if the President of the United States were to say, you know, I want, because you have had a great accomplishment in your lives and something you will never have an opportunity to repeat in your lives, I would like to, as the President, I'd like to honor you Mm -hmm. and have you honor me by attending a meal and a gala at the White House. You accept that invitation. Because it's the President of the United States, you'll never be here again, and people think, I wouldn't go. But what opportunity are you passing up, and you have no idea how it is your eyes could be open to, I may not agree with him politically, Mm -hmm. but what a genuine and very benevolent individual, what a kind man he is, tear down some walls and some barriers. These women for the U.S. World Cup will have not that opportunity because they're crass, ugly Americans who all they want to do is it's squeak been a about a little what? bit of overplay too. So you know, there's that talk about the one gal who threw the flag down on the ground. If yeah. you saw that, she didn't throw the flag down. She dropped. She it. gently dropped it down. Now it shouldn't Don't. be done. Right. Shouldn't be done. Put it on the ground like right. that. And another gal from the team ran yeah. up and grabbed it right Later, away. Yeah. Right. It was not a deliberate throwdown against no. America and the flag and all that stuff. I agree no. with you there. I say it was wrong, but I don't believe she did it with intent. She got caught right. up in the moment. They were taking pictures. I exactly. agree with that. And it's, again, I was so appreciative. I'm glad the gal that picked it up is getting some attention because yeah. I appreciate that. One of the things I want to state early on, because this is the pushback that's already happening. Well, why are we picking on these women? Because they're women. No. no. We're picking on them because of their behavior. Yes. We would do the same thing. We do the same thing. Men in sports get grilled all the time for being bad sports, as they should. As Jeremy Manziel. There are a lot of people, yeah, there are a lot of people defending their behavior, like, oh, you know, so so the 13 nothing game, maybe the first goal you ever scored was the 12th one. So celebrate as much as you want. Once again, that's a narcissistic, that's what we're teaching kids is screw the opponent. Right. You, you, yeah. This is your moment. You should bask in it. We no longer say, no, be bigger than that. We won't even teach our kids anymore that it's be bigger than that and be respectful of other people. That's like it's gone. Something that I used to watch a lot of but I haven't for quite a while is this. It's a game called football, and I mean the <laughs> NFL. Yeah. Mm. And one of the things that I used to admire, I'm an old man, and one of the things I used to admire was Walter Payton's style mm-hmm. of not play but scoring. Yeah. And that what he would do is he would, most of the time, he would score his touchdown, and he would take the ball. He would hand it to the ref, and he'd walk, and he'd run, drop hand back it to the to hand, the it, hand it to the ref. Hand it to the ref. Hand it to the ref. And bring it to the ref, and then he'd go back. And what Walter Payton was conveying with that was the following. I've been here before, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be here again. <laughs> yeah. And when you have these people, they get in there and hoop it up, and they're doing, they're doing their dances, and they're all this and that and the other thing. Yes, these are glorious moments that you'll never get to repeat. But for for the love of all that's good and decent 
act like you've been there before, mm-hmm. act like you're going to be there again, and that this is just one small chapter in a great book that's in the great story of your life. Don't, don't forget you're getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Well, that's, that's another point. issue, right? Well, I don't and mind celebrations. You did your job. And even if you don't, if you're an amateur, you're doing things to amateur, to do things for the love of it. Yep. Act like you've been there before. Do it for the love of it. Represent yourself, your class, whoever it is and whatever it is you represent. Represent that with dignity and then go back to the, to the sideline, having done your job well, and be glad to get to do it again. Unless you're a super, super Hall of Fame type player, that yeah. behavior doesn't get you uh, endorsement contracts. Well, so let's mix the this. The jerks, the people that act like fools are the ones that get the endorsement. Look right. at, look at, I mean, do you think if, if, if Megan Rapino would have just said, would have never said anything and just went to the White House, would she have been on CNN, MSNBC, all these tell, getting all of this love from the media right now? The answer is no. Ben Shapiro, a lot more people know what she looks like than would have. Yeah. You know, had she not been right. And the other thing I want to close the loop on was talking about this whole issue of people pick on them because they're women. I'm so tired of the fact that we can't, you know, we can't just critique behavior anymore. Uh, I can't remember what year. What was the year with uh, uh, Mia Hamm and Brandy Chastain? Yeah, and that right. group won. They were a celebrated. Ago. They were celebrated, and we loved them. And yep. why? Because they didn't act a fool. Right. That's why. Right. And they were women too. I believe they were. They were. They were women. They were women very too, much yeah. women. And I don't recall any, you know, feeling any embarrassment right. for our country for them. Like I feel some embarrassment for our country <clears throat> for, for again. Let's remember, only the, a few the, acted this the way. The behavior, absolutely. I feel behavior. very poorly and, for the ladies on that team that are probably sitting there going, "I'm getting lumped and, in with this garbage." And some, and some, and, and Ben Shapiro made this point earlier in the week, and mm-hmm. I think he has a valid um, contention with mm-hmm. this. One of the reasons that some of these women, especially you know the one that, mm-hmm. whose name I care not to remember nor pronounce, <laughs> the reason she's getting so much attention is because she's lesbian. Right, right, right. That's part of it. And so that is a component of it. And and so they think they think that he is if she were not that, because she's not part of this new she, cultural construct, right. she wouldn't be getting a lot She'd of the attention. And there is a component of that. Now, then people say that well, you don't like her because she is that. Well, from what I'm to understand, the gal who then came in and picked up the flag after mm-hmm. as it was touching the ground and right. picked it up very quickly, she is also of that same persuasion. Oh, was just that. recently outed. Really was recently outed against her will by mm. the community, mm. and she didn't want to be, but she was. And so that gets into the leadership of that community that they wanted to leverage her. Sure. And so, but she picked up the flag, yeah. and I don't care anything about that in that context. Yeah. She's a soccer player, represented her country, showed the flag respect, mm-hmm. her country respect by picking the flag up off the ground. Thumbs up to And her. thumbs up to you. So this is not that issue. But the media and the culture mm-hmm. is making a big deal out of this thing. One, because the gal used profanity. Two, because she's a girl. Yep. Three, because she's a gay girl. I wonder if she knows that one of Trump's initiatives that has been very quiet, because, of course, the media will not cover it, is his head of administration working with people around the world and had some success in getting other countries to decriminalize, decriminalize homosexuality. Because, it, absolutely, because absolutely. it's illegal in many countries, and Trump yes, is putting is. pressure on countries to decriminalize it. it I wonder if she it's knows Ill, that. It's currently it's illegal, I believe, in Probably 74 not. countries, yeah. and it's punishable <coughs> by death in 17. Yeah, yeah. and he's and, trying to change and guess, that. And guess what? And guess what? And I hope you guys can hear this. Those countries where it's illegal or too punishable by death, mm-hmm. it's not the United States. Exactly. And wow, what do you know? Holy crap. Mm-hmm. That's not us. And yet we're the bad guys. Give me a flipping break. Look how tough her life is right now as a, as a gay woman in the United States of America. Has she had people treat her poorly? Of course she has. I have. You know, a, I mean, we all have. But to, yeah, That's life. But, but I don't think that she's, you know, been long-suffering in this poor country, you know, and it's no. the, the ingratitude is a little bit insulting. Yeah. Ken, jump in here, and then Matt, I know you wanted to say something a minute ago. When I first came to Chicago to go to college, Walter was very close to his peak, and I, I was privileged to go watch them play in Wrigley Field, and I was privileged to be pretty close to the field, and, you know, from here to that little tree out there. Hmm. Uh, from sideline, and 
You all remember how Walter would stiff-arm people and absolutely end their lives. <laughs> and, and then uh, after he eventually got tackled, he would come back to the poor guy, still laying on the ground going, tweet, tweet, right? And give him a hand up, give him a butt pat, and say, nice hit. Right. Well, he wanted to keep him healthy so Dick Buckus could come in <laughs> roll him and at, after, which, after which Buckus would go by, pick him up, and say, nice hit. Right? Oh, you need some help there? And then knock him back down. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was taught in high school this, this very fundamental thing. We picked up guys from the O team all the time. It was the way you behaved. Your, your, your adrenaline pop ended at the moment you were on the ground. And mm-hmm. when you got up, you know, he was another player that you respect just as much as the guy blocking for you. You see right. it on the European tours. You see it in the, the, uh, the, the different soccer uh, levels uh, around Europe where this is something that they're advertising a lot, where these guys are helping each other out, opposite teams. Hear the dance over them. You know, you're always going to have the hotheads. You're always going to have yeah. the superstars that aren't going to play along those lines. But but it, it's it's fairly common, and that's one of the things you love about the game of golf. You know, you oh, yeah. watch a tournament a couple weeks ago where two guys, two rookie guys who had never oh, yeah. won before, and it turns out they had known each other since high school, mm-hmm. and they were battling it out to see who won, and all they were doing was patting each other on the back. Yeah. And the one guy drops a putt on the last hole for an eagle right. oh, to, win it. to win by one stroke for oh, the other man. guy who had dropped the birdie in <laughs> to be ahead by one stroke. Nothing, and nothing but and you know what? Nothing but congratulations. Mm-hmm. Not upset, not darn, I missed my, you know, maybe my one chance or anything. It was, it was pure, genuine, you know, congratulations, good for you. Great job. So you have- okay, so, so let me jump in on this one with the opinion. I think, number one, the women's soccer team said we're not going before they were even invited. Correct. Mm-hmm. I think Pretty they, arrogant. <laughs> I, it's arrogant, yes. I, I, I think this. They and all, there's been a lot of sport teams in the last few years that have declined mm-hmm. a visit to the White House. Yep. And again, my opinion is this is the separation between the office of the president and the person sitting in the chair. Right. They sh- even if they are politically opposed to some of the policies of the president, they should go to the White House because that is a U.S. symbol that is temporarily occupied, occupied by someone they may not agree with. Hmm. But at the same time, should the president, the current president or whoever is sitting in the chair at that point, also be American for all Americans and not be as political. If you have Trump and he was very vocal about the whole, uh, who's the San Francisco quarterback that was Kaepernick. kneeling, mm-hmm. Kaepernick. Yeah. Right. So, again, on a personal level, mm-hmm. Trump is entitled to sure. all his opinions of what is a valid protest and what isn't, but as an occupant of that office, how do you separate his personal endeavors from his role as the representative of the executive branch? Nice. Now, I'm going to take this. I want to spin it. Though. Effective at that. No, no, I, I want to spin this, though, because we just had another similar incident that was in the news in the past week. There was a... Uh, a cable from the British ambassador to the U.S. that said a few derogatory things about the current resident of the White House. And a lot of people are up in arms at how could he say that. Number one, it's his job to provide his government with a uh, analysis of what their opinion of the Mm -hmm. government in our country is and how do we manage that relationship. Number two, that was a secret Document that was revealed, embarrassing. Yes, and Not he so ended much. up do we have a stepping clue who down. It? May I ask on the way by? Do we have a clue who leaked it? Don't know. You, you, there, 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 there's theories that the Russian did it to sow discord. There, right. There's a lot we of things. Okay. But, 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 but put that aside. Somebody leaked it. It was a secret communication. But is it hypocritical to say that two weeks earlier, our president? 
was on a trip in England publicly, not not hidden communication, but right. very publicly saying derogatory things about their prime minister, mayor the mayor of London, right. and a number of other people. I, so is it, w- I would like to respond to that because I, my honest answer in that topic in general is I'm very conflicted by it because yeah when when Trump does certain things it it does kind of like uh it, it it itches and scratches and it doesn't feel right because he's 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 not always acting with classing dignity I think I, we can all acknowledge that. However, here's why I'm conflicted about it. In general, I would prefer that not to be the case. However, he is the only person I can think of who has been able to combat the left who does that all the time and gets away with all it. the time. All of the time. It's standard operating procedure it. for the left, and nobody has a problem with it. And we finally have a president who's willing to kind of fight the same way, and it's kind of ugly and it's dirty, and I don't really like it. But I like the fact that there's somebody that's finally said, no, we're not going to just sit here and be, a, I'm not going to be George W. Bush and be a punching bag for eight years. You know, because that's what Bush was. He was just a punching bag. He was class. He was class mm-hmm. and dignity. Right. And he got his butt kicked. So was Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. So was John McCain. John McCain. Bob and, Dole. And they're my home and, state. And, and they're all a, all and great guys. All a bunch of all a bunch of first losers. Right. And so so that's why I'm conflicted by it because I don't like it from the perspective of what it is. I like the, what it, what <clears throat> the result might be because it is finally somebody. Because it's the old adage: What's the best way to deal with a bully? Punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see Trump. He's not the one that's he's not the one that started all this stuff in well, terms of this lack of civility. It cracks me up when they act like he's the divider. You know, so he would invite them to the White House. They don't come. He's the divider. Right. It's insanity. Part of what we value in Trump, despite his incredible list of faults, <laughs> and they're lengthy. It's a lengthy list. As I love him, I hate him. <laughs> uh, is the deal that he seems to ignore good advice that he has all around him really often. Mm-hmm. For instance, when a foreign diplomat working as an officer in an embassy in your country misbehaves in whatever way, and, and the definition of that could be he offended you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you the president. Mm-hmm. You know. The way you deal with that is you correspond with the leadership of that country, you communicate with them, say, this guy pissed me off, pull him. Mm-hmm. It is not our job to eject diplomats unless we follow it with a declaration of war. It, it, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. You, you go to the, you know, to the folks who sent him over here right. and say, if this guy is really representing your point of view, then we got another conversation coming. And, and I think that what right? you're, and I think what you're drawing out in there is that there is a that there is a time and a place right. to to act the way Trump acts and the way that we love the way that he acts because he's willing to play the game the way the Democrats and the left have been playing this game for decades. And then there's a place to take that hat off and put on a diplomatic hat mm-hmm. and say, now, now I have to engage in proper rules of protocol and diplomacy. Right. And the thing that we hate about him is the fact that he does not know when, how, or if he even needs to take the one hat off, put the other one on. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact of the matter is that he doesn't think that it's relevant. And those are the things that I can't stand about him, even to the extent that he is the most constitutional president in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. 48 years, the most constitutional president fulfilling the role of the executive. And his contention is we will enforce the laws. If you do not like the laws, change. then you need to change the laws through the legislative process, mm-hmm. and then I will enforce them until the Supreme Court determines them to not be constitutional. That is the balance of powers and checks and balances. Yep. Yep. And the left hates him for it. That all said, we should never draw an analogy between the behaviors of sports teams and their graciousness and their sportsmanship to accept an invitation or refuse an invitation before offered by the President of the United States and how it is countries and diplomats 
and ambassadors relate and how these are two totally separate oh, yeah, cultures. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't totally mean to separate. mix them up. No, well, they got mixed in an but analogy. They're not, they're not because, because you're also talking about how each of us feel a person in that position should act. Mm-hmm. And if they don't act in that manner, we have an issue. But the problem, problem. That, the problem that I have, though, and the reason that I wouldn't mix them is this. The, the seeds of future conduct in the lives of our youth being sown by sports figures and athletes far greater, far more numerous than some ambassador totally from England. That. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares. And this is the cultural impact that I want to speak to because it's mm-hmm. critical. The conduct by the U.S. World Cup women's team is far more detrimental than anything of a diplomatic nature. I totally agree. And these and Colin Kaepernick looped in, lumped in the same way. Mm-hmm. The cultural descent that these athletes are sowing within the youth is going the, the the not the fruit it's going to bear, the thistle and thorn that it will bear mm-hmm. in this young generation when they become adults will be unprecedented. We will be as if in the days of Noah with the wickedness around him. Well we've already seen that. Well um, if you th- you think it's you think it's bad now, wait. Wait. Now, I want to tell you a personal story. In 1985, and it's not a flattering personal story, makes it all the more relevant. <laughs> so in 1985, I had the opportunity to, uh, to be on a, a high school football team as the equipment manager, right? I was a sophomore. We had the opportunity to go downstate to Bloomington Normal to play on the turf in the state championship for 2A. And I was very fortunate to be there to be a part of that experience. Two-way. How many Two-way. people in your high school? Uh, there's only 84 kids in my class. Wow. So we, so we go downstate, and we were kind of a Cinderella team. We go downstate. We play Casey. I still remember, <laughs> right? And we lose. And here is one of the worst moments of my life still because of the lack of class and dignity with I was raised with, but at that moment, when it mattered, I didn't execute it. Everyone lines up to go. What do they do? Line up. Good job. And because we lost, because I had so much hope for success, I sat at that sideline with my head down. And you I didn't go through the line. And I didn't go through the line. And I'm telling you, here it is I am. I'm a 48-year-old man, and I look at that moment and think, I did not represent myself well. That was a moment of shame in my life. Always represent well with dignity. Always. And that this is a concern. That these women and athletes that act like them, when they're in the twilight of their <clears throat> years, when they actually have some maturity, mm-hmm. will they look back at themselves well? And the young people that imitate them, will they look at themselves well? That's the thing. And the, you can't they're, get the thing back. They're, they're not alone. You know, they're not alone in, in this, this mentality, that, that this arrogance and, and stuff. This has been going on a long time. I've refereed many, many mm-hmm. games at many different levels, all the way up through high school. Yep. And I have seen... Things you just you just never thought would happen. Coaches on the same team fighting each other. Yeah. Right. Coaches making kids cry right. because they're not mm-hmm. doing well that game. Right. Because coach isn't coaching them anymore. He's just bitching at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you lost because you didn't coach. You played a team that was far inferior to you. And look at that coach over there and that team. They're jumping up and down, laughing and screaming and like, we got this, we got this. And you're screaming and your kids are making them cry. And you lose. You know, but it, 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 and you, but and parents, mm-hmm. parents getting involved. Parents that sit there and scream at their kids over their coaches. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, there should be you know, an eye. Well, that was in the news a week or two ago. The thirteen-year-old, it was a little was kids' a baseball game. Thirteen-year-old ref. The parents didn't like the call that this thirteen-year-old ref made, yeah. and the parents are brawling, and they had to bring in the yep. police, <laughs> the and kids, people the got arrested. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yes, this was just like a week or two ago. Those are the stories that are the answer to the question that a lot of people or a lot of the statements, people that would hear this would say, oh, we're just old school, our time has passed, that's all blah, blah, blah. That is the answer. It's like maybe we are, but we prefer not to live in a world where there's people brawling over a 13-year-old time, Our time may have passed, but that doesn't make us wrong. Exactly. 
May, maybe our time has passed. Maybe the culture has moved past us. Maybe we'll never resume the yeah. culture we doesn't knew. Make wrong. But that doesn't make us wrong. Right. Now, it's I, remarkable that you say that. I, I want to interject something real quick, and then I'm going to let you go. Um, to John's point, talking with someone about, because I've, I've gone and learned and researched more about the Women's Cup and mm-hmm. all of that. I was talking to somebody, and they were saying, well, they want... Well, I had to. I had to learn about this stuff. Women wear cups. Yeah. That's, again, I'm trying to learn. Okay, Trying to learn. I apologize. And and I'm talking to a woman about this, and she says, well, you know, they they need equal pay as well. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I researched that as well because I came across this, Mm -hmm. and they're actually getting paid more. As a percentage. As a percentage. But they again, and you mentioned earlier, you gotta earn that. And and she and her response was, "Hey, you know, you you old white men who sit around that microphone, yeah. you gotta accept this that women have arrived. They're here." I'm like, D- "Don't misunderstand what well, I'm saying. That, yeah. We're happy for that. Yeah, we do. We will laud you. We will we'll give you any amount of support we possibly can. But just like." We old white men who have sitting here, and as John said, our time has passed, and now other people are coming. That's fine, but we had to earn it. There was no one, and no one who's just saying, "Here you go, here you go, here you go." Oh, gee, you feel bad? How about an extra four percent over these people here? How about an extra? You know, that didn't happen. You want our support? We'll give you. We'll gladly. Give you any amount of support you want, but you gotta earn it. You gotta get to where you're gonna go. So you, I don't care if you're a woman, if you're a man. I don't care if you're an aardvark. I was gonna say, what if you're an aardvark? I don't even think it's earned. It's it's economics. If and and I have heard some some contrary data. I. I think there are people out there, both sides, trying to spin this. Because I've heard some data that over the last several years, the women's soccer has generated more revenue than men. Truth be told, I'm not sure what the truth is. I have no doubt in my mind that overall, men's soccer globally generates billions of dollars more than women's soccer globally. But so, again, I, I, I wouldn't care if the women made more money if they were generating more revenue. I don't care about that. But, but I think it's, it's, it's more that than earning it. These women have worked hard. I give them all the credit in the world. But it would be like, should we pay the WNBA players the same as the NBA players? Only if the market supports right. it. People what, would laugh at that. Is that. And I'm not talking argument. about the yeah. blood, sweat, and right. tears so, so much as I am mm-hmm. the economics. The economics. Okay. You've got to earn what you – if you want to make a certain amount, you've got to earn that. Because it's got to be there. It was only a few years ago that they, they, were, they were talking about the value of – Sports teams. Oh, yeah, it's so Man U, Manchester United, yeah. was considered the most mm-hmm. uh, valuable, and it was at like three and a half billion dollars or something. More than wow. the Cowboys. It's yeah. like wow. for, for for a sports team. Yeah, it's insane. You know, it's like okay, <laughs> that's just you know, <laughs> it's off the rocker. Wow, yeah, that's off the rocker. So you know, that team alone, three and a half. I billion. guarantee is more money than any of the, uh, the women's team oh, yeah. has generated. You know, and, and again, we're not trying to knock the women down. We, we, we'd love to support all of this, but they generated that. How, how, much, it, baby? how much better would you, off would you play if you didn't get paid? Would you still play that World Cup team? Well said. You know, well, that's, the, that's the real question. If there wasn't a dime in it, would because, you still do it? Because there was a time where nobody was paid. That's true. And they did it. Yes. How many people love the less well-known sports? You know, all right, so if you've got a women's soccer team that thinks they should be rewarded at a parity level with men's soccer, how does the girls' field hockey team feel? Should the girls' field hockey team be as well compensated as soccer if there is no market for right. field hockey? Soccer in the U.S. Hockey? has been the next greatest game to come about 30 since 1976. Yeah, 40, 50 yep. years. They tried That's real hard to make it more popular. It's being more popular in terms of kids playing, but it hasn't translated into it, dollars. It, it in the never translated into. Level. I mean, look at the. I, I had tried out for the Chicago Sting at one point. Did you? Didn't make the cut. Right. But you know, and that whole league is gone. 
Yeah, I, I talk every day to people in Latin America. Half of my team is in Costa Rica. I talk weekly with Argentina and Brazil when we had the Men's World Cup oh, a couple yeah. years ago. I mean, the way we would feel about NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. that is how they oh, feel yeah. about oh, World Cups. More, so. more so. That, that is it's their, that, that is their passion. But like you said, the, the, the level of interest generates... Stadium sales, jersey sales, TV coverage, which brings in advertising. It's a market-driven value for that. The women's team, the market value is increasing because of positive and negative notoriety. The the hams versus the current. If you took took Amy Ham's leadership and and you put it on the team we got now, it wasn't Amy. That's you. Huh? It wasn't Amy. Mia. 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 Thank you. Mia. Sorry. Uh, if you took Mia Hamm's leadership and you put it on the team we got now, and you didn't have any of this arrogant bullshit happening, how much more would they be making a year from now compared to what they have generated for themselves with all their acrimonious, Sadly, rebellious so, crap? I don't know. Because, I mean, I thought Nike should have gotten hurt. And look at them. They're soaring. And I'll be honest, I've only seen... I haven't bought a Nike product in two years. Two or three girls that have shown true arrogance uh, out of the Uh, whole team. So, so, you know, how far blown up has this gotten, which we know the media has a tendency to do. But but you see, I think, though, that the the response to the person that says that the women's team should be paid the same as the men's team, it comes back to... Interest that comes back to marketability. Economics. If, if pe- economics, if people find it interesting and want to pay for it, to the matter of women's team versus men's team, I like Matt's point with regards to well, what about the men's lacrosse team versus the women's field hockey team versus the men's football team versus the women's professional basketball teams? Yeah. Why shouldn't they all be paid the same? They're all engaged in sports, yeah. and now if you go ahead and if breakdancing becomes a sport, <laughs> shouldn't people who breakdance be paid the same as an NFL quarterback? Is Isn't the there discrimination there if this breakdancer uh, who is an Olympian thing? or the synchronized swimmer isn't paid That's the same as this person over rhythm, here? Rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, rhythmic gymnastics. Should not the rhythmic gymnast oh be paid God. the same <laughs> as the world-class, world, world yeah. class, this, that, the other? And you know And you you know why they shouldn't be? Because it isn't as interesting. And And somehow, in some way in life, you learn. (laughs) I want to be an. I want to be an accountant. I want to be a brain surgeon. I want to be an attorney. And people make decisions to do those things in life. And then there are other people decide. I want to be a pastor. I want to be something or another. I want to be a farmer. I want to be fill in the blank. But, but but you make that decision and you say, this is what I want to do, and I don't care how much I make. I do what I do because what I'm good at, I have a love for it and a passion for it. It's not about the money. And you make that decision and you live with it. This whole thing that everything should be equal based on is absolutely full is absolute foolishness. I don't, know okay, your, I don't know about your father. One quick thing. When I was growing up, my dad just would say, Look, I don't care if you want to be a ditch digger. As long as you're happy. Right. And a good ditch digger. And good at it. And, and what you do, yeah. you do it well. Bring your go. bring your A game every day. And, and, and I was gonna say this, to t- take it back to the sports again. You look at someone like take the Bulls back in their prime time. You, you, mean, had, you mean Michael and the Jordanaires? You, 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 you had Michael Jordan, who was a phenomenal player, but also had personality and a lot of positivity around him. You had Scottie Pippen, who had 12 children by 11 different women, and zero personality. Wow. And you had Dennis Rodman, who capitalized on being a bad boy. <laughs> was so Michael made the God, most was money fun, both on the field and 10 times as much off the field from his commercial endeavors because of his personality and his attractiveness to values that everybody else did. He also didn't piss off half of his customers by taking silly political positions. Yeah. Right. He got criticized for it. Right. 
Scott, uh, to this day, I have no idea what Michael Jordan's political yeah. beliefs are. Because he's smart enough to know that and, and, and they don't yeah, care. You, yeah, it doesn't care. matter either. Yeah. It was a hell of a basketball player. Right. Yeah. You'd have to go to a casino to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Never done. I do have, I would like to add, and I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I do. Um, because I do have a, a question, and we only have a few minutes left, and, and this probably is not going to be enough time to answer this, but with regard to sports and the marketability and and what is successful and you know you talked about the passion that these people have for those sports and and I I I I know that people have this passion for football, baseball, mm-hmm. basketball uh, to the extent that I participated in sports when I was younger um I didn't like to run, so I was on a few baseball teams, and I learned that if I hit, hit the ball hard enough, I could walk the bases. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, it's incentive. And, and I learned to in, but I didn't. I didn't want to do it. I was, you know, there was something that my dad would take me to and say, "Okay, you're going to do this." And then in junior high and high school when we would do the the gym sports units and the coaches would say, holy crap, this guy can knock the freaking ball. Come and come and try out for the team. And I'm like, do I have to run? Well, of course you got to run. Then I don't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a problem. You know, I learned through, through some of these things, you know, I was put in, I was in martial arts when I was younger. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, you know, competing, but unfortunately, that didn't go well you eventually. Run, you had to stand and fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I didn't want to run, but I could stand and fight. Um, I did wrestling only to the point where, uh, you know, I could never make low enough weight to be in middleweight. So I always was a pound over into heavyweight, and I could not compete with the actual real heavyweights at the time. Imagine me saying that now as I sit here (laughs) at 260 pounds as an adult. But, you know, it's... seven foot three, so... (laughs) (laughs) They can't see. Here's the thing, though. I have a hard time, and maybe you guys can help me understand this. I really, I have never been able to wrap my head around the enthusiasm people have for a group of people playing a sport that they themselves are just simply watching. I've played. It's fun. Eh, but I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I understand. It. I, and it's, it, to me, it's a hard. I grew up playing every, almost every sport. And obviously, I don't play them anymore. So the best way I could answer that question is, is in my viewing of sports today. And what it does for me is a little bit of you know, nostalgia. And also, sometimes almost, uh, it still brings about a longing of, like, missing out on something. And one of the things when you hear athletes talk about when they've retired, what, are they, what, do, you, what do you think that they miss the most? The, the membership room, on the, the team. The, the camaraderie of the, camaraderie of the locker game. room, the friendships that they have, the all yes. in it together, yeah. fighting for one goal. Because there are very few places in life that we get to experience that to its fullest. So it's not something that happens in most workplaces. Um, if you could put take the atmosphere of a, of a, a healthy locker room and put it in a business environment, it, the, the company would soar. It would. Been there, it would and you're soar right. when it's right. It's like a culture thing, and yep. and so I, I think is that why so many companies try to use sports analogies? Probably to so why everybody's going to agile methodology. Let's make and little so squads and teams. It, and, it is. It's that because again, if you, in a locker room that's working, <coughs> it is unbelievable how you yeah. are truly. It's like I, I, I was never, thankfully, in war and never was in the Army. I think there's a part of that where that brotherhood of being you know, arm in arm with soldiers, and this is obviously a poor analogy because in sports it doesn't have that meaning, but that is what people miss. And then now when I see a great performance from somebody or you know, somebody throws a no-hitter, whatever it is, and you see all the celebration, the nostalgia is, man, that would have been cool to have been a part of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that can give you goosebumps. It's like, man, I can imagine. I can imagine what it would be like to be on that team right now 
and how stinking cool that must be. You grow, you grow into learning about sports and mm-hmm. grow into your love of sports. I mean, baseball was a thing I never really cared about. I used to live across the street from Wrigley Field, right mm-hmm. center field rooftop. Mm-hmm. I didn't care so much about baseballs at 82 liquid dinners a year and a big party in front mm-hmm. of me. But the reason you didn't care about baseball is because uh, they never actually really played baseball the in Wrigley Field. The Cubs were so horrible, horrible back then. Actually, they, they were still. This was back That's in the late 80s. So oh, in 89, they did it. here for the lights in 88. But the thing is, is it's really not. It's, it's not. I'm saying learn, it's really not a team. If you learn this, but you learn the game, yeah. and you learn the intricacies, and you learn a, 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 about just all the things that go into. Mm-hmm. You, you learn about you, you learn about selfless behavior. Yep. You yeah. learn about humility. You learn about that selflessness, and that's the thing that we don't see in the current U.S. World Cup women's team. The selflessness. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. It's no fun. It's no fun Slowly. to have. It's no. It's no fun to have your sports, which represent a form of escape, for most of your of your of most people, including myself, when I watch them. I'm going to the sporting event. I'm watching sports. I'm going to the movies because I want to escape my daily life. Because yep. sometimes I want to do that, and I don't want to partake in chemicals to do it. I want to go and be entertained. <laughs> Now, when I go to be entertained and all I get is the stuff outside that I'm trying to get away from in my face and I'm trying to be entertained, that represents a problem. And then what happens? I don't want to do it anymore and the marketability declines. No economics. I didn't watch a single one of the girls' games. Absolutely not. All that, all that negativeness, I said, I, 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 I don't about uh, dignifying that with watching. Right. So you see, mm-hmm. the, and so what I'm trying to get at with that is that they're, they are missing, actors and athletes alike are misinterpreting their role in society and you culture. They are right. over, they are making themselves overly important. They are assuming these crusader roles, right, that they think that all of a sudden that what they say matters. I'm sorry, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. No, you don't. doesn't matter what you think or say. Cut it out. Just entertain me. And then go about your lives, and that's the extent of it. Have some class, have some dignity, and then go about your lives, but don't get in my face with your politics. Leave me alone. If you watch the world, uh, the, 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 uh, the, what was the game the other night? Um, the All-Star game. All-Star game. Mm-hmm. And they were interviewing the shortstop during the game and everything. Yeah. And he and, and the comments was, was, we're just blessed yeah. to be here. Bang. To play yeah. this game, mm-hmm. to be at this Totally level. appropriate. And it was, it was a, Lindor. not a response you were expecting to hear. It was Lindor, yeah. It, Lindor, yeah. And it was just like, and he was talking about each one of us. And it's yeah. so great to see this guy up the bat for the first time mm-hmm. in his career in an at game. an All-Star game. How do you and feel you know, about Javi Baez? Well, I think yeah. I'm just as good at him, but he's got a better tag. Yeah, he said, yes, right, right. who has right. better hands? He, he, yes, he's, he's got a better tag than I do. Exactly. So, and, you know what? You know what I think is unique. What what I think is telling about that. Guess where Lindor is not from originally? Yeah, the United the States of America. The West, yeah. Okay. He, he appreciate. I believe many people who live in this country that immigrated here have greater gratitude towards our country than people who were born and raised here because absolutely. they know they they don't. It's not theory to them that the America is a land of opportunity. It is not theory to them. It is reality. If you want an excellent pet, adopt and Why rescue does the same thing a dog. Work calls? <laughs> rescue a dog because they know what you've done for them. I was going to say, where did that come from? But you're right. Exactly the same person. Yeah. Okay. So I know you're trying to wind things up here. We're at the end of our time. But here, here's a segue from the sports issue of why do we watch sports to one of our conversations from maybe a month or two ago about what binds us as a culture. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't like basketball. Mm-hmm. I grew up, I was always the shortest kid in my class. <laughs> I was the last one to be picked for basketball. I never liked basketball. Yeah, but in that Michael Jordan era, when there were six you know, Chicago Bulls championships, you almost felt obligated to watch the Bulls be because that's what everybody else was talking about. Mm-hmm. It was a community. So whether it's movies, whether it's sports, or whether it's something else that's cultural, are they replacing the religion as one of the things in our life that brings us together? Well, can you imagine... The Ooh. can you imagine? That's a whole other thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, he can, heard that. Can you imagine what to that Bulls experience of which 
I did I observed but did not participate. I'm a Celtics fan, and so because um, everyone else was a Bulls fan, and I refused to participate. <laughs> and so the issue Come. is, and I'm sorry, the, the legacy of the Celtics is far superior to any Come other me. sports franchise. <laughs> so the the issue is this: Can you imagine the the wonderful nature of what was achieved by Michael and the Jordanaires mm-hmm. with those six championships? If during the national anthem. Any one of those men, including Michael Jordan, would have taken a knee. Well, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I draw that and nail that that thing out because that's where we were, and now this is where we are. Can you imagine what that would have done? Assuming it wasn't Michael kneeling, Michael would have beat the shit out of him. (laughs) But can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine what Phil Jackson would have done to Michael Jordan? Say, look, don't do that. Michael Jordan would have taken care of it. Right. It's just sorry. Can you? Know, you I, I mean, the, along this, with everybody else on that team true, that I can think right. of, because right. they understood who they, they understood who they were and why they were there. They were there to win a championship. They were there to entertain and be loyal to their fans, and they were there to make money. They were not there for the politics. Go back America to lives. Right. This women's World Cup team. Very interesting. The quarterfinals when all of a sudden a certain captain gal was not starting. And didn't play. Oh yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, and nobody knew why until a couple of days later when they go, oh, there was a hamstring issues. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sorry, but in sports, when you get to a certain point where you've gone above and beyond, um, that's what happens. You start getting sidelined, mm-hmm. and, you, and you start getting because you're not listening to the coach, you're not listening to the owners, you're not listening to the lecturers telling you, chill. Right. You're you're acting improperly. And when that person then acts it out even more so, that's what happens. You get yanked and you get put on the sidelines and we'll just tell them you're injured and really can't play. And rightfully so. I don't believe mm-hmm. for a minute she was sidelined because of her politics. I think she was hurt. You think she was well, actually had a hamstring being, problem? They, they're celebrating her for she, she would have she would have come she would have totally bucked the system if she was sidelined for her politics Can and she would have been even she would have been a martyr, she'd have been a bigger star. Yeah, I don't think for I think she was hurt. Because yeah, I think it would have been that would indicate that coaches and ownership leadership has courage and they don't anymore. I want to read the MRI report. All right. Well, on that note, we'll we'll come back next week with the MRI report. (laughs) (laughs) MRI report on civil tension. All right, guys. Thank you you very much. Good one, guys.